with authority. Welcome to another quarantine edition of our With Authority podcast. Larry Beal, Casey Pratt, Chris Alvarez, and our special guest today, joining us from what looks like his home away from home, the ballpark, is the legend John Miller, your Giants broadcaster, who's joining us. (laughs) And we thank you so much uh, because, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, John is our first Hall of Famer. We've been doing this for about a year and a half, the podcasts, and you're our first Hall of Famer that we've had on. The rest of the guests are pretty much bums. Uh, well, <laughs> aside from, don't tell Gabe Kapler I said that because he might come over and bench press my house. But, uh, but, but, but welcome to the podcast. How are you? Well, I'm doing great, uh, all things considered. And, uh, and, and as you can see, I'm I'm out near the new bullpens at Oracle Park. Uh, all, I mean, the background makes it look like I am, I guess, but uh, uh, I, I'm actually at home. But uh, I did get over to the ballpark on Wednesday and because uh, so, I, I had to be tested for the COVID-19 uh, virus, but uh, and I came out negative, I'm happy to report. Uh, but I also was able to see some of the workouts and batting practice and then some of the uh, intra-squad games they played that day. So it's my first time back at the ballpark since uh, Bruce Bochy's uh, last game wow. at the end of last September. So uh, and it was it was really kind of fun to make the, the first thing I wanted to look at were, were those new bullpens in center field. Not because I'm an, an aficionado of bullpens per se, but because, uh, you know, they're, when they're bullpens, they, you know, there's the visiting team and there's the home team and there's the mound and, you know, not that big a deal. The thing that was fascinating for me is that they changed the dimensions out there. Uh, so that 421 sign in deep right center, Triples Alley, you know, which is a real signature of the ballpark, uh, that now is 415. So it's still, uh, if you hit a home run out there, you are going to have to earn it. But that, you know, it's not quite what you had to do before. A straightaway center that was 399, that's now 391. So there's only one ballpark in Major League Baseball that has a shallower straightaway center field dimension than that. Hmm. And that's Fenway Park, uh, where it's 390, the straightaway center. Uh, And even then, Fenway's center field wall is 18 feet high, whereas now at uh, Oracle Park, uh, the fence across center field in front of those bullpens is now seven feet high. So it's actually been reduced by about a foot. And then deep left center field, and people forget how uh, much of a graveyard that has been, you know, that's that spot to the right of the 382 sign where the left field wall meets the center field wall. Uh, well, that was 404 feet to that. So many uh, a would-be home run has gone to die out there. Well, that, even that has been moved in five feet. So that's now 399 because of those bullpens. So uh, anyway, uh, the early returns from these intra-squad games and the workouts is that the ball is going out to center field on balls that didn't used to go out. So uh, I asked Gabe Kapler about it on a Zoom call like this. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Because we're not allowed, you know, to interact with uh, the manager, with the coaches, the players. Uh, You know, we're we're completely separate from them. So uh, the, the, the days of going to the batting cage or stopping by the clubhouse or going into the manager's office before a game uh, or a workout. Uh, those are something from the past now, but uh, 
but they do have arranged some uh, Zoom meetings where we can talk to Gabe and the, the Giants broadcasters and whatnot. And he has been so helpful for us in this time. Uh, and I think with all of the members of the press in general, but, uh, and he said that it's true that there are balls going out that even he can see from the, the times he's been there uh, that he's, he thought, well, that ball never would have gone out in the past. But at the same time, uh, he pointed out that the workouts and the batting practice, all that kind of stuff has been happening mostly in the daytime where the ball tends to carry better anyway, uh, even in the past. And, uh, and the sun's been shining and it's been beautiful where the, the ball seems to carry better. And, you know, and really, you know, the demand 399 to center, that was not a deep dimension. Uh, even the 404 to deep left center, uh, not so unusual, maybe a little deeper than the norm. Uh, 421 was a little bit deeper than most ballparks, but uh, uh, it was always about the wind and the weather. And on a, even in the past, when it was a clear day, and there was no wind blowing, uh, the ball carries well, and that park plays fairly small. So uh, he said he thought maybe we don't have the full uh, idea of what these new dimensions will mean based on what we've seen so far, because it's been in a a sort of a a climate that would favor the hitter anyway in this ballpark. So we'll see uh, once these uh, night games start uh, how it plays. And I'm anxious to see that. be interesting if – Oracle turned into a hitter's park suddenly uh, as a result of these changes, but we have to see. I, we're going to do a lot of baseball talk, and but I wanted to, to start someplace else because I did some exhaustive research on you last night um, on the Googler. Boy, you have a lot. You're very popular on the Google machine. Uh, there are a lot of John Miller uh, listings there, but I I realized you are are on Instagram, which I was not expecting, and. Uh, John, you, you post more than my daughters do. Uh, so uh, <laughs> some concern with that. But at least you're not giving me shots of your food because I, I, I'm not that interested in what you had for breakfast. I mean, I, I love you, but I'm not that interested. But how did you get – you're on the gram. When did that happen? How did, and you're prolific on the gram. Well, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, lately I, uh, I did do an Instagram after I got to the ballpark. Uh, it kind of inspired me on Wednesday – at John Miller, J-O-N Miller, SF Giants. Check it out. <laughs> Got to get that. Uh, try, trying to get my ratings up. You people, of, <laughs> of all people, understand what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yes. Uh, because away. those, uh, the followers and the likes and all of that, uh, you know, for me, the only way I can translate those are, oh, there you go. Yeah. Check it Good out. Good check mark, too. It's verified. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm bona fide. Yeah. Well, you're Hall of Famer. You're Hall of Famer. <laughs> so... <laughs> but uh, uh, the uh, you know the, when you get the, the likes and the the followers uh, to me those are like ratings so uh, you know you, you try to you want to get a good rating but uh, uh, I I, I kind of ran out of steam there for a while with no baseball and uh, all the things that were happening uh, you know, the, the virus getting seeming to to come back and, and, and get worse than before even. And, and, and all the different things I just thought, well, uh, you know, cause I, for me, it's always mostly about baseball or something to get a laugh or, you know, whatever. But, uh, so, uh, it, it just didn't seem to, uh, I, I just didn't feel like I had anything to, uh, uh, add to anybody's discussion at that point. But the, my kids were the ones who 
encouraged me to do it. And the first thing I said was, and I don't know, maybe three, four years ago, uh, near the end of spring training, we all got together down in Arizona. And I said, well, you know, if I do that, you have to have content. And uh, uh, I don't want to have to have content. You know, I, I, I have enough work already as it is. And they said, well, we think that, that this is the way people interact now on social media. And it would make you a little more current. So they kind of knew what the right button to push was, you know, because we all want to stay current. Uh, you know, I don't want to be some old guy who's always talking about the old. Yeah, I remember the way it used to be. And, <laughs> you know, uh, those were great days and back then. And, you know, so I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the current kind of a guy who understands the current player and, and, and talks about current things and so on and so forth. So when they said that, I thought, oh, oh, okay, well, maybe it is a good idea. How do you do it? I don't know how to do it. So they will we'll coach you. We'll help you along. Um, and, you know, they told me about hashtags and, uh, you know, the whole bit. So, so anyway, I, I started posting a few things, uh, baseball related. And, uh, and, and it was really fun because, you know, you do have a conduit to the fans. And all of a sudden, uh, they make comments to you. And, and, and I could make comments back or, uh, and the, the kids pointed out to me, says, when somebody leaves a comment, you should go in and say that you like it. You push the button or push the heart button or, or next to the comment. And so people like that. And, uh, you know, so the other thing that happened was <laughs> uh, the, the, my son said, now people may go on to look at the people you follow. They'll be interested in that. Some people. So then I thought about that. And I thought, well, I want that to be impressive. So. <laughs> I I thought well I really enjoy going to Europe and going to Rome so I found some uh, some accounts that uh, had great photos of Rome and and whatnot and Venice and wherever uh, Paris and London and places I like to go and so I, I started following them the ones I thought had the best pictures and then I thought oh plus I want to you know be like look like a man of substance not just baseball. So I started following the Louvre Museum in Paris and, uh, uh, you know, the British Museum and the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York and all the big top museums, <laughs> you know, the, around the country, whether I've been to them or not. And uh, so I, I just wanted to. And then I, I started realizing that when I go through and, and check the, the actual posts of the places and people that I follow, I really look forward to actually seeing those posts. And uh, so uh, let me just give you a little bit, bit of an insight. There's a great one in Rome called Swiss Guard Wife. And it's an Australian woman who married a Swiss guard. And, and you know, they live at the Vatican in the Swiss Guard married couples quarters and whatnot and so she's always taken a run in the the vatican gardens and uh where, you know we generally the public can't go and she goes to mass in saint peter's basilica early in the morning when nobody's there it's not really open yet to the public you know things like that and uh, so uh, and and then she and the swiss guard also like to go out and drink uh, you know excellent scotch and and smoke 
Cuban cigars or whatever. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I, I kind of enjoy checking in on that. But then a couple of the Roman people that I was following contacted me through Instagram. And then we met them the next time we went to Rome and, uh, and they took us around and, and so on and so forth. One of them gave us a private tour of the Vatican Museum one night this past October. And anyways, it, it, it's a funny thing because uh, I, I, my wife said to me, Janine said, you know, it, it's this Instagram thing seems so silly, but it's kind of enriched your life a little bit. You have to admit. So, uh, and, and I, I realized that that was true. So, uh, so I, I, I enjoy it. And I don't know if it's, uh, going to continue but uh I, I think it is kind of a cool way to uh to keep in in touch and i, I back in the days you know i i broadcast the games on the radio uh, some tv and whatnot uh, and years ago i was on a t at a tv station where i did the nightly news and, and the, the, you know doing the thing you got, you do but um uh, i had this idea i'm gonna do after a game uh the stand-up you know how you do your your report and then you finish it off, and uh, uh, you know I'm Joe Smith from <laughs> Oracle Park for ABC Channel Seven News, or you know whatever. Uh, you, 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 the stand up. So I, I called it an Instagram stand up selfie, and uh, so you used to only had the 15 seconds. I you know the uh, uh, Buster Posey had a home run. Pablo Sandoval had two doubles and a great defensive play, and the Giants beat the Dodgers 3-1 to tonight here at, uh, you know, Pac Bell Park. I'm John Miller with an Instagram stand-up selfie. And, uh, and people liked him, and, and it, was, it was pretty easy. Uh, now you can do a, a minute, a full minute. And so, uh, and then I learned how to use the, uh, what do you call it, the... Uh, IGTV? You know, the you know, IGDF, uh, IGTV, for you could do longer kind of things and then i uh, i learned how to, to do uh, use the iMovie where you can edit <laughs> oh Larry loves iMovie we always we always <laughs> so i not only can do my stand up but i can do b-roll and you know all kinds of things <laughs> so, so i'm kind of into it now and uh, it could be that the re the joke on me is is that the more sophisticated i've gotten with it uh Maybe the less interesting it is to anybody, I don't know, but uh, uh, I'm enjoying it. Actually, is well, the main thing. When when we see you on TikTok, we know that you've gone too far. But I, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the the other yeah, let, let let Casey and Chris in on this here. Oh well, actually, I've been monitoring the live chat comment. A fan named Daniel Dowers commented before you even talked about your stand-up selfies about how much she actually loves the stand-up selfies. So you know those are resonating with the fans. They're also saying you look really good. I mean. Speaking of staying current, what have you done to, to look in shape like you're looking right now? You look great. Well, uh, I, uh, it, it's, I, I, I guess to put it in a, in a phrase, uh, I decided to start eating like a, an adult, like a grown-up. Uh, but I, 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 that's really, there's no, I didn't do anything in particular, uh, but I, I, I don't ever eat sugar in August, it'll be about three years. Wow. And I don't uh, eat uh, wheat, so no bread, no pasta. And then uh, I was doing that in, in, uh, because I heard a radio show on NPR uh, about those things. And, and they, they, they told me some things 
while I was driving home from the ballpark that I hadn't realized, I just want something easy, something simple. I don't want to have to study and do something hard. Um, and I didn't want to do something that just lasted for a while and, and then went back to the, the, the other stuff. So I thought, well, what could be easier than that? Uh, the sugar thing. I, I'll know exactly what I'm not going to have. And uh, so, uh, and then the same with the wheat thing. And uh, I won't have bread. I won't have pasta. So, and I did feel better almost immediately. And then I, I talked to my doctor and he said uh, back then, says, that's great. Keep that up. But, and also maybe go one step further and go kind of low carbs. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Low carbs. And, uh, and he said, basically it just means get your carbs from vegetables and salads, things like that. And, uh, I said, Oh, okay, well I can do that. And, uh, so, uh, so that, and, 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 and during the, the pandemic here, uh, while we were sort of isolating out here at the beach where we live, uh, you know, they said, you know, only do the essential things. Uh, if, when you need to go to the grocery store to get some supplies, whatever, okay, put a mask on and, and do that. But, uh, and, and maybe get out in the neighborhood, uh, and, and take some walks. So I, you know, without baseball, I not only don't have the box scores to read and the, all the baseball news to follow, I don't have any stats. You know, I, I like to check the top 10 hitters and who's leading the league in home runs and RBIs and, you know, all those kind of things. And so I have this thing on my phone that counts your steps. And, uh, and I realized, wow, that it's keeping my, my stats for me. So I, I, <laughs> take a long walk and uh, you know my wife maybe goes to the grocery store in Half Moon Bay and I go into Half Moon Bay with her and then I get out of the car go to the beach and walk home which is about a seven and a half mile walk so uh, wow. oh yeah and then you get a lot of steps and a lot of miles and I'm like yeah pretty good numbers today yeah. and uh, so uh, so that's it just uh, you know that's the, about, about all and but I, I, I think I feel good is the main thing and you know, I think we all want to live and do the things we enjoy and whatnot. But uh, uh, I, I think I was kind of overdoing it in, in certain things. And I really, I, I, I remember the first year we got to Thanksgiving, you know, the, 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 I don't know, we had 25 people at the house, for friends, relatives, and there were pies and cakes and whatnot. And I was like, I mean, I guess it wouldn't kill me if I had like a small piece of uh, pumpkin pie or whatever. And then when I thought about it, I thought, well, my system is so pristine right now. I have all these months with no sugar whatsoever. It probably make me sick. And just the thought of it, it, it no longer even seemed enticing. So, so I really haven't had any problem uh, staying away from that kind of stuff. My wife, we, we went to Europe last October after the season, I went to Japan and then went to Europe and, uh, which I'm glad we did now that everything's shut down and, and we Americans are not allowed to go anywhere. Uh, so it was good that we went while we could, but, uh, uh you know, my wife sort of, uh, when we got to Europe, she went on the uh, tiramisu tour of Venice and Rome and the, you know, trying to find the best gelato spot in Rome and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So, uh, uh, and I enjoyed that, enjoyed, watching her do it and uh, and had no problem not doing it for myself I just thought that's I'll, I'll get a headache and I you know who knows I'll, I'll feel sick and, and 
so on and so forth. So I, I just, uh, that's, that's it. It's a, a long way of saying, uh, uh, I, I just kind of changed the way I, I, I did things and, and I'm kind of into it now and kind of enjoying it. You know, speaking of changes, the 60 game abbreviated season, everything going on with COVID-19, how different is this season going to be for you? Uh, what are you going to do about calling games? You're going to have to do it from home or from the ballpark when they're on the road calling it remotely. Well, yeah, we're going to do the games. Every game, wherever the team is, we're going to be broadcasting the game from our booths at Oracle Park. So we're just going to go to the home ballpark every night for the game. Uh, starting Monday with the exhibition game with Oakland from the Coliseum. Now, we could go to the Coliseum. Uh, they would have booth space for the radio broadcast. The, the television guys cannot travel at all. Not allowed. Uh, I guess because the television you know, there's not just the announcers, but all the other members of the crew. So, uh, but Dave Fleming and I could go to Oakland, but we thought, well, no, this will be our dress rehearsal. Our one chance to do the game, the road game from a TV monitor and see how that goes and uh, what works and what doesn't work and maybe what else we, we're going to need right now. We've had a lot of meetings with the Giants and Major League Baseball on, on what we need from that video feed from L.A. when we open the season. And I felt like, okay, we need the game, the telecast, but we also need uh, – Dave was uh, very adamant about this, and he was right. We need that little – what they call the score bug in the corner of the screen. We need that. Uh, what's the count? Uh, how many outs, but also the pitch comes in and it shows what the radar gun reading was. We need that for those games. Uh, but also, uh, we need another shot, a separate shot, that's an anchored shot. We, like maybe you would call it the high home shot that shows the entire field, everybody on the field. And the, the case in point would be a hitter hits a deep drive down the left field line and it's going to be a home run if it's fair. Well, is it fair or not? When you're at the game, I always can, if it's, if I have a question, I just take a quick glance at the third base umpire and see what his call is. And, you know, if, it, if it's fair, fair ball, home run. And then let the crowd roar, except uh, that ain't going to happen this year. Uh, so there won't be a crowd, but, I need to see that umpire. So from that high home shot, I would be able to look away from my game monitor to that uh, full field monitor and see what the umpire called. I just need to be able to see that. Uh, any play-by-play -play guy will need to see that. So, uh, And I, actually, I saw one of those uh, games from South Korea on ESPN because I, I wanted to see a ball game. And uh, this this team, I don't know the Dinos or whatever team it was, the uh, the Wyverns, the uh, the Kia Tigers. Uh, they hit two straight home runs, and now a third guy hits one deep down the left field line, and it's going to be a home run if it's fair. So I'm watching on my big screen, high definition television, with a great picture, and I'm looking, you know, and, and it was twilight time there in uh, South Korea. So there was still a little bit of sunshine uh, sh on left field. Some sun was shining. And 
on the bleachers. And, and I, I'm looking to see if it's fair or foul, and then I just can't make out where the ball is. So I don't have a clue. And the announcer uh, says, home run. You know, he, he paused for a moment, and I thought, oh, maybe he could see the umpire. Well, I'm, I got excited. Wow, three straight home runs, pretty good. And then they get a shot of the guy who hit the home run, and he shrugs his shoulders and veers away from second base and cuts across the infield and goes back to the plate. And the announcer says, oh, well, apparently that was a foul ball. So no home run. And, uh, and I, I realized, well, this guy is sitting at his home in Chicago broadcasting this game off a TV monitor. He didn't have any different view of it that I had here in, in my house in, in San Francisco Bay Area. So that's what we told him. We said, we need to be able to see that umpire and what the call is. And there, you know, any other number of uses for that in terms of the, how's the defense playing? Are they in the overshift? Are they playing him to pull? Are they playing me the other way? Uh, are they playing straight up? Uh, a guy comes around third. Is he being waved home by the third base coach? Is he being held up? Did he run through the sign? Uh, you know, whatever. We want to be able to see all those things the way we can see them when we're at the ballpark. So I thought that that was the, the shot. And we should be able to get that kind of a second shot. Uh, we even suggested that for those road games when we're home, that if they could put that shot on the big jumbotron screen or whatever that high definition screen is called now, which is spectacular. Uh, if they could just put that on for the whole game, I could have the monitor in front of me because I don't need to see the field. There's no, nothing happening on the field. <laughs> I just watch the game on the monitor and, and that's my lifeline. I can't look away from that monitor. Everything that I'm broadcasting is happening there, but I might want to check, check that defense where I could just take a quick look out at that jumbotron. And, and, and I think they're going to be able to do that for us. So, uh, uh, so we'll see how it works, but then we're all just guessing right now and trying to figure out the best way. Cause we, we don't know at this point. Yeah. John, you touched upon it uh, briefly there. You talked about the roar of the fans. Um, they're not going to be there. So how, as a radio broadcaster, you paint with pictures. How do you do that when sometimes you lay out for the crowd or you can hear, you know, crack the bat, the crowd. So how are you, plan on broadcasting have you had a chance to even maybe even practice what this would be like I mean it's so unique and rare yeah well, you know, when I was a kid uh, I was such a huge baseball fan I uh, the Giants games uh, growing up in Hayward for me were radio games because they only televised the games in LA can you imagine that the wow. only televised baseball we would get in a whole season were the nine games they played in LA that's it and uh, so, and that was a big event whenever they had one of those telecasts, but it was a radio thing. And uh, so I was such a fan that uh, I bought a tabletop baseball game called Stratomatic. Did you ever hear that? Oh, yeah. it, it still exists. And uh, so I thought it was, uh, uh, you know, more fun to play Stratomatic uh, if I broadcast the games while I was playing it. And I, so I would do the crowd noises, the public address announcement. It was, it was pretty bizarre if you happened to walk in on me, uh, you know, swing and there's a base hit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I did the public, you know, the right fielder, fielder number nine, Roger Maris, Maris, number nine. You know, I did the organist. 
dun, 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 dun. you know, I was, it was a pretty bizarre scene. And, uh, uh, and now I thought, wow, all these years later, I may end up going full circle. I'll have to do the crowd myself. I'll just be on that mic and just go, base head to left field. <sighs> and, uh, you know, so I, 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 I think probably I won't do that, but, uh, Darren Just Chan, time, our great, uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, Darren Chan has gone through, I didn't realize it was so sophisticated, the system he's got, but he has, for broadcasting the game, a system where he could also record a record album. He has all these different things going in on different tracks, which includes the crowd noise. So he's gone through those tracks where you just hear the crowd noise and he's extracted, you know, bass hits, doubles, triples, home runs uh, at the Giants home ballpark. So he has specific kinds of crowd noise for wow. just the right kind of a play. He even has things like when the Dodgers hit a home run in the San Francisco, uh, because that's different than another team hitting a home run because there's generally a lot of Dodger fans in attendance. So that crowd, when the Dodgers do something good in San Francisco, is different. And he's got that as well as the crowd noise from Dodger Stadium, from Chase Field in Arizona, from Coors Field in Denver and you know Petco Park, all these places. Uh, now, whether he's going to have a chance to use those or not, I don't know. But uh, I was thought, wow, this guy is a pro and so impressive, the, the, the professionalism that he's showing to be prepared for this just in case. Now, some people are saying that Major League Baseball has sent out generic crowd noise to all the teams, and a lot of teams may play those over the public address system in their ballpark. So we may already have crowd noise, whether we want it or not, from these uh, road games. I don't know what the Giants' plans are uh, for it. but uh, So we'll see how it all uh, works out. But uh, uh, when I was at the park on Wednesday, it was kind of fun. Uh, Joey Bart hit a ball in the left center field for a hit. And uh, he was able to stretch it into a double. Now, there was no crowd noise. There was no sound whatsoever. And you hear all these guys in the field shouting, you know, second, 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 you know, whatever they're uh, – shouting for the throw to go to the cutoff man. And then they're shouting at the cutoff man as he's about to get the throw, what he should do with it and, uh, uh, or whether he should cut it off in the first place. And uh, for me, that was kind of fun to hear all that. You don't hear that during right. a game because of the crowd. Um, I've been listening to the Giants for a long time. I grew up in Fresno. So, you know, grew up listening to you and the guys. And it seems like, I mean, for Giants fans, you guys are a little bit of rock stars and, uh, you guys get along so well. Can you talk about the camaraderie in the booth and uh, how well you guys get along? I mean, because it plays that way on air, on the radio. So can you talk about your booth? Well, you know, it's it's funny because uh, in a way, we've been together many times in this whole period, these last few months, but always on Zoom. Uh, we've been doing a thing every Wednesday night on Zoom. It's a, a TV show, really, where we interview Gabe Kapler, Farhan Zaidi, uh, Scott Harris, the GM, uh, players, former players. We've had Barry Bonds on. We've had uh, Will Clark, Kevin Mitchell, as well as a lot of the current Giants players. And 
and we've been able to, to talk with each other. We, 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 we start that show or have been uh, on the Wednesdays. I think we just did our last one. Thank God uh, on Wednesday. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, we, we start the first 10 minutes or so almost like the post game rap where we, the four of us, uh, uh, you know, have some laughs and tell some stories and whatnot. And then when the whole thing's over, we, we do the, uh, another a little, uh, round between the four of us. But, uh, you know, so I, I, in that way, I haven't missed those guys. And, and but in, in another way, it underscores just how much I miss him. Because we all enjoy each other so much. And, and Dwayne Kuyper put it in a beautiful way uh, the other day when we were talking to Gabe Kapler. He said, you know, really, I think what I want to do, and I, it seems like we can't do it because we have to stay distanced and isolated from each other, even when we're going to be all at the ballpark at the same time doing these games, says, I just really want to figure out a way maybe we could get up into a suite where there's extra room and the four of us can just all be up there together, see each other, see how things are going with the families and just enjoy each other's presence because we have not been able to do that. And it was a very kind of a, a, a sweet thought. And, and I realized that I felt exactly the same way. So, um, so I think, you know, and, and, and what we're feeling, I'm sure, is not any different from what anybody else is feeling uh, in the whole country. You know, my daughter lives in New York City, so she was in the belly of the beast, you know, there when, when New York was the, you know, the epicenter of the pandemic in this country. And uh, it, was, it was tense, and we were concerned about her and her well-being. And, you know, she lived in a little studio apartment, you know, and, and she was stuck there all day, every day. It was a very stressful time. She heard the sirens, the ambulances going by and whatnot. Uh, and it was her birthday in mid-April. So all of our kids and us, uh, we got together it was on Zoom. And uh, our daughter, Misha, who lives over in Alameda, is a, uh, a mediator. And so she does a lot of Zoom kind of a stuff. So she introduced us to that uh, back in March when spring training got banged. We immediately had a Zoom meeting with the families, first I ever heard of it. And, and, and they were telling us their feelings about how they thought we should get home from Arizona uh, to be safe. And uh, so that was the, our first introduction to Zoom. And now, what is it, four and a half months later, although it seems like years later, yeah. uh, uh, I think this is my unofficially 7,493rd Zoom. So uh, <laughs> I've had quite a few Zooms in that time. But uh, so anyway, the, uh, my favorite joke about the whole thing was uh, the new calendar, the new COVID-19 pandemic calendar. Uh, February, it's a leap year. February had 29 days. March had 63 days. April had 147 days uh, and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So I, I think that's about right. It seems like maybe a couple of years ago that we were last in spring training. But uh, uh, anyway, so that's the, uh, that's the way that we've been doing it with the Zoom. And uh, I'm doing it with you guys. Yesterday I did it with uh, Mike Mangus. Up, I think it's the ABC station up in uh, Reading where my mom and my sisters and my brother live. And Mike has been up there forever. Great Giants fan. We talked about the Giants. So it's been kind of fun to, to check in with people all over the country. We had that birthday party for my daughter 
She baked her own cake in New York, put candles on it. And then she held it up so we could see it. And then we all sang happy birthday to her. And then she blew out the candles. So <laughs> it was, uh, uh, it was kind of nice that we were able to do that. And yet at the same time, bittersweet, because then you realize, man, we, we miss her so badly. Well, you wouldn't have had any of the virtual cake anyway because of the sugar. So, <laughs> yeah, it was the yeah. best way for me to enjoy yeah. her birthday yeah. cake. I, I'm going to. Uh, you reminded me of a story from years ago that uh, the, these two whippersnappers might be surprised to hear. But you, of course, will know this because growing up in Hawaii, uh, I used to watch a legendary sportscaster by the name of Les Kiter. And uh, Les was big time. And. Uh, at, at one stage in his career, he used to do Hawaii Islanders baseball, which was a AAA affiliate of then the, the, the Pirates. And they actually affiliated with the Padres as well. That's a whole other story. But anyway, he was the last guy in the country doing baseball recreates. And so um, I could see you, you, you're smiling. So you know the whole drill, how it used to work. But this was in the days of the, the, the AP or UPI, actually. Uh, the game, he would get notes that would be printed up on a ticker tape and, you know, some producer would hand him, you know, the, the, the tape that would say so-and-so, uh, Rick Lancelotti, base hit to right, whatever. And so he had uh, like a little pencil that would be his, like, there's the crack of the bat right there. And they had crowd noise and he would do the whole game recreating it from uh, a radio studio. But this might come into play for you because occasionally the feed from the ballpark would go down and then so Les had no information and so he was making up all these stories oh there's a dog that ran out out of the field they can't catch him he's eluding secure he you know anything you could come up with to, to buy time for the ticker tape to start printing again so you could go back to the game and just making up these bizarre stories about things that were not happening. So if your audio and video goes down, that you, you just remember, dog ran out on the field, a balloon got loose in left. I mean, there's oh, we could write these down. We'll go back and listen to Les's old tapes. But uh, yeah, that's, you may have to resort to the, the old uh, recreate. But, well. You know, I, I and Les Kiter also, when the Giants and Dodgers left New York, he, he was a New York sportscaster. Yeah. And uh, the, the Giants and Dodgers left New York, which when you think back to it now, what a, an incredible story that was. Two New York teams left New York. Uh, but Les Kiter would broadcast the Giants games wh wherever they were playing as a recreation, uh, a telegraphic in, in, in those days, it was the Western Union, uh, the, the, wow. the telegram company would uh, have somebody in those in that ballpark to send a, a shorthand code by a ticker tape to the studio where, where Les would do those games. And, and he was well known by a, a lot of people, even though he didn't do the Giants or Dodger games uh, when they were actually in New York. But then when they, when they left, all of a sudden he was doing those games. And, and people who were big fans who still wanted to know what was happening with Willie Mays uh, could, could do it through Les's uh, recreations. The, uh, uh, my story, though, about the recreation that I sort of favor, because most of them did exactly the way you described it. Um, they had crowd noises. They had a crack of the bat. They, they had all this stuff. 
to make it sound like they were actually at the game. Yeah. And, and I've heard some of these, and, and it really sounded like they were at the game. Very impressive. But in the 30s, Red Barber, Hall of Fame broadcaster, uh, when he would do recreations, I think he might have been doing the uh, Cincinnati Red games or the, the Do- had moved to Brooklyn for the Dodgers, but the road games were generally recreated. He would sit in the studio right next to the ticker machine. And those old ticker machines were loud. And uh, that was the only sound effect. It was Red's voice and this ticker machine going, bing, 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 bing. You know, I was printing stuff out. And uh, so he had no pretense of being at a ballpark or trying to make it sound like it was at the ballpark. But I'm getting it right off. And he would take the thing, as uh, the ticker tape, and he would do it in real time with the ticker tape machine. Now, the, my, my favorite recreation story, there was a, uh, an old-time sportscaster here in the Bay Area named Bud Foster. When I was a kid, Bud Foster, I knew him because he was on Channel 7, but also uh, he did the Cal football and basketball games. And, and I think that was on KGO. And Don Klein, who was the KCBS sportscaster, he did the Stanford football and basketball. And they both did minor league baseball before that. And generally when the teams were on the road, they recreated the games. Well, the way Bud Foster did it, he would start the broadcast about 10 or 15 minutes after the game started. Let's see the, the game was being played up in Portland, oh, Oregon. So he would have somebody at the studio with the ticker machine and they would fill out a score sheet for that half inning. And then they would bring that into Don Klein. He'd say, good evening and welcome tonight. The Seals are in Portland and uh, we're ready for, you know, uh, San Francisco Seals baseball. And he would broadcast the game off that score sheet. And while that was happening, they'd bring him in the score sheet for the last of the first inning. And, and that's the way they would do it. So he said one night the Seals batted in the top of the fifth inning. And then they went to commercial and they didn't have the last of the fifth inning. Something, you know, had gone wrong with the, the ticker machine. And he said, well, what are we going to do there? We, you know, we don't know what's going on. So then the guy said, well, the top of the sixth inning has come in. I've got that. He says, all right, we'll give that to me. So he comes out of the commercial and he says, okay, here we are. Uh, now we're supposed to be going into the last of the fifth inning. Portland's supposed to be batting here. And this is very unusual. I've never seen it before. But the Seals, who just batted in the fifth inning, are just going to go ahead and stay up. And now they're going to bat here in the top of the sixth inning. Very unusual. And at some point, the, uh, the Portland uh, Beavers will also have two straight innings where they'll stay up. So let's see how it goes. And then he just he went ahead and just did it as if that actually was the way it played out. So, uh, And I thought that was pretty – he didn't have to make up anything or you know, create a rain delay or – uh, dog no on the field or anything, anything else. I just, just moved on as if it was as, uh, the most natural thing in the world. Oh, they're just going to stay up now and have their sex. Here we go. That's funny. So uh, people are going to kill us if we don't get to ask some actual baseball questions here. Um, it's good to hydrate right there. <laughs> 60 game season. And we really have no idea what to expect out of anybody at this point. So, what is your outlook for the Giants 
given that we're entering into the great unknown? And do you think we'll even be able to complete 60 games given that the teams are not in a bubble or anything like that? Well, and that's, that's the worry. That's the, the big question. Will they be able to do it? And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, the Giants players, uh, they, they all talk about being accountable to each other, accountable to the group. And they've been very big on that. Everybody has to uh, be, it's really being done on the honor system because when the game's over, the guys go home. Uh, when the workouts are over, they go home. Uh, or the guys who are staying in hotels, they go back to their hotel. And then while they're on their own, they need to be responsible. They need to be accountable and make sure that they're, they don't go out with, with crowds and whatnot. They need to have their masks and do only the essential things. And uh, so we'll see, because if, if one guy uh, takes a risk, then he could be the guy who comes into the uh, ballpark the next day and spreads it to many of his teammates. And I know that the major league soccer is underway and instead of their season, they're having a month long tournament and that's the way they're playing it out. And I think they're in uh, a bubble just the way the NBA players are going to be yeah. in uh, Orlando at Disney world. Well, they've had games that have been, canceled because too many guys got the virus they had two full teams who actually dropped out because right. they, they just couldn't field a, a legitimate team because of the, the the spread of the virus so and we'll see how it works for the the, the players themselves uh, the new york times nba writer uh, mark stein is uh, has written some really interesting columns already about what it's like for him to be down there because there are a certain number of uh, media people will be allowed inside the bubble. And he's going through the whole protocol of uh, uh, all the testing and isolation and quarantining that he's having to go through to be able to eventually be put inside that bubble. So, uh, so, and I, I tip my cap to him and I hope it really works because the nature of that game, those guys are banging into each other all the time. Right. So uh, if, if any one guy has it, uh, all of a sudden you could have two full teams who have it after right. one game. So, uh, so we'll see. So the baseball, you know, baseball has a, a, a little distance in some ways built into it. The real question is the catcher who's got the hitter right next to him, the umpire right behind him. The umpires are going to wear masks, uh, but the hitter's not going to wear a mask. Uh, first baseman, when there's a runner over there, he may have to play on the bag with him. There may be pickoff throws and, and so on and so forth. But by and large, most of the players are most of the time well away from the others. So, uh, so hopefully this is going to work. And, uh, and, and I think we'll know soon enough if it's going to. Yeah. By the way, since you were plugging your Instagram account earlier, we uh, did an interview, a podcast with Dan Straley, the former Oakland A, who is now in the Korean Baseball League. He's with my team. He's with the Lotte Giants. The Lotte Giants, exactly. Yeah. But isn't that a Yomiuri Giants cap you're wearing from the Japan Baseball oh, League? Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. And they're, and they're underway now as well. Uh, my, we, we went to Japan at the end of last season 
So one of the things uh, I was trying to build my, my step numbers, you know, on my app, get some good stats. And uh, we walked over to the Tokyo Dome. The big egg. Guys. The big egg. And uh, so, and they had their uh, souvenir store uh, open. So I, I, I went in and, and bought myself a cap. I think it's a cool looking cap. So I was reading and Wikipedia, you never know what you're going to get. But it said, I, and I've heard you do Scully many times, it said you also do impersonations of Al Michaels, Howard Cosell, and Babe Ruth? I never heard Babe Ruth. I've heard Vin Scully, too. Oh, yeah. But so what's your favorite <laughs> amongst Shepard. those? And could any of those, if you do Vinny, can you do Vinny doing Adios Pelota? I know this is like a cross-cut mashup here. Um, the... Uh... Well, I, I don't do Al Michaels. I used to do as a joke. You know, when Al, years ago, when he came and did the Giants games, he started with the Giants the year I started with the Athletics. We, were, we came to the, uh, the Bay Area big league teams at the same time. But, and he, he grew up with Vin Scully. And he sounded just like Vin Scully, like he was doing. So I, I just, just, it was just a joke uh, uh, where I would have, you know, Al and Vinny doing a game together. You know, and, and Vinny would be like, a, a beautiful night at Dodger Stadium. Dodger baseball brought to you by Farmer John. Freshly dressed, Eastern fed, pure pork sausage. Mm -mm. Well, let's check in with the ball game in San Francisco now. And here's Al Michaels. Well, thank you, Vinny. A beautiful night here in San Francisco. Pull up a chair. The Giants with a three to two lead. It's been a marvelous game so far. But now you're starting in L.A. Let's go back to you, Vinny. All right, Al, thank you so much. Now this is Vin Scully, and this is Al Michaels. Good night, Al. Good night, Vin. And so, I don't know, I did this a few times. And word got back to Al that I was doing Al. And we were at Yankee Stadium, and it was an ABC game, and Al says, hey, I heard you do me. I got to hear you do me. I said, uh, not, not really. I, I, and it's not, I don't do it. Oh no, I want to hear you do it. And I said, well, it's just kind of a, I know it's just, a, I just want to hear you do it. So, and you know, so I did, you know, Alan Vinny sounding exactly the same. And he's like, oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I felt kind of bad because, uh, and you know, and Al was already one of the premier play by play guys in the country. Uh, but it's, it is true. If you ever have a chance to hear a, a tape of Al back in the early 70s or when he came to the Giants, I mean, you, I, I remember hearing him on the 72 World Series on the radio when the A's played the Reds. And I thought, and I had never heard Al at that point. And because he was the Reds broadcaster, we didn't hear those games. And I thought, is Vince Scully is doing the World Series? Why is Vince Scully doing the World Series? And, uh, it's not the Dodgers. And, uh, and then I found out, Oh, that's Al Michaels. So, uh, uh that was just, it's just an oddity. So, uh, the Babe Ruth thing, when I did the Baltimore games, you know, Babe Ruth was born and raised in Baltimore. He grew up in Baltimore and the, the Camden Yards ballpark out in center field or shallow right center field is the location where his dad's bar used to be. And uh, so the babe used to cavort in the outfield of what is now Camden Yards. And the house in which he was born 
is very close, just, I don't know, three or four blocks away from Camden Yards. And that's been turned into a museum, the Babe Ruth Birthplace and Museum. And, uh, and a really great museum if you happen to go to Baltimore. So they had this, uh, this thing that they put in the, uh, uh, I guess in the entrance of the Babe Ruth Museum, uh, one of those Disney kind of things, audio animatronic yeah, yeah. figures of the Babe to welcome you into the museum. And they asked me if maybe I could do an impression of the babe. So they gave me some tapes of, of, of the babe and his speech patterns. And uh, so I, and there was a script I had to follow. So uh, I, I, that's the only time I ever really did the babe. I don't know if it was any good, but uh, 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 that's all there is to the babe. And, and Howard Cosell, I don't do Howard Cosell. I did something with Roy Firestone. You remember Roy Firestone had the Absolutely. interview show. And uh, so, you know, and Roy's a really funny guy, but he was doing a serious interview show. And, uh, but when I would be a guest on the show, he would want to have some fun with it. So we did a thing where I did Vin Scully, he did Howard Cosell. And I, I think the idea was that uh, uh, the, the two guys, Vinny and Howard are, reminiscing about the old days of the Dodgers and Giants being in New York. And he, he, he had a, 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 some, a line from a, an old Broadway musical or whatever. And, and, you know, ah, yes, I remember it well, you know, whatever. And, uh, so that's all we did. And, uh, so, so I don't, it, it was, it was Roy who did a great spot on Howard Cosell, but uh, well, he had a show in did. Vegas for years. Um, we, 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 we did do a bit where, uh, which was my idea, you know, Al Michaels was doing the Olympic hockey where he had the famous line, you know, do you believe in miracles? Yes. And the you know, United States beats the Soviet Union, which seemed to be impossible. And my uh, idea was, what if Howard Cosell had been Al's partner? Would he ever have been able to get that line out <laughs> and so uh, you know i'm doing al doing the play by play and, and we, we get and here we go only five seconds to go and uh, uh you know and, and howard's like uh, yes alfalfa only five seconds for the rendezvous with destiny or you know whatever he's doing and i says uh two one do you believe you better believe i believe it yeah and, and uh, you know so howard just kind of takes over and uh, and so we had we had kind of a laugh with it. So, because Howard would do that, right? I mean, the uh, uh, Monday Night Football, there'd be a, uh, a a guy running for a touchdown, and uh, and Howard would just take over the play by play from uh, Frank Gifford. You know, he's down to the forty, the third. He's gonna go all the way, Gifford. There he is to the ten, and he's you know he just. He would take it, and because uh, uh, he was Howard Cosell, so yeah, big time. Well, you're you're big time. You're 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 Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Uh, so we thank you so much for your time. Can't wait to see you and hear you on Giants broadcast again, and uh, starting in only a few days. And as we say aloha, could you give us one adios pelota for the fans? Because we hope we see a lot of that. Giants fans want to see a lot of that in the, in the new uh, smaller confines. 
Yeah, the, the adios pelota uh, really was just um, – uh, when Sammy Sosa was hitting all those home runs, we had a Sunday night baseball game at Wrigley Field. And I remember in the movie The Natural where Roy Hobson hit a home run, you'd hear the announcer go, uh, you know, goodbye, Mr. Spaulding, you know, or whatever. So I thought maybe Sammy Sosa, I could have a similar kind of a thing if he hits a home run in our telecast. Uh, and then I, 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 I kind of settled on uh, adios, senor, uh, baseball, or, you know, whatever. Uh, or adios, senor pelota. And, uh, and then they pointed out to me, he says, well, pelota is the feminine in Spanish. So you, you couldn't really say mister, you know, it would be Ms. or, you know, Mrs. And, uh, and I thought, well, I want it to be a kind of a macho thing. It's a home run. So then I came up with the adios pelota and he hit a home run. So I used the adios pelota. So then later on, uh, Pablo Sandoval hit a home run for the giants. And, uh, and so I said, adios pelota and Pablo liked it. And the next time I saw him, uh, he said, Hey, adios pelota. I like it. And, uh, so I thought, well, every time Pablo hits a home run, I'll say adios pelota. And, and, and then, uh, any of the Hispanic guys would hit a home run. I'd say, adios, Pelota. And uh, then all of a sudden, Pablo went to the Red Sox. And the Giants didn't really have any Hispanic home run hitters, per se. So then Buster Posey hit a home run. And I just said, way back, way back. And adios, Pelota. And, and I'm thinking, Buster Posey, you know. <laughs> uh, but then Buster, he kind of liked it, too. So, uh uh, so, you know, so I don't always use it, but uh, uh, I, I kind of uh, then then there was a opening day a few years back. Still trying to live this down where Hunter Pence breaks up a game late in the game with a grand slam. Just a great moment. Very exciting. And you know, way back, way back. And adios, Pelota, a grand slam for Buster Posey's. Good friend Hunter Pence, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at Dave as I'm as I'm saying this, and Dave's like, <laughs> and like, uh, what? What are you doing? Are you idiot? What's God? Uh, are you having a breakdown over there or what? So, uh, anyway, uh, then the players ended up having a good. Fight. Hunter Pence actually took his Instagram and Twitter. And in his little bio, he changed it to, you know, add Hunter Pence, Buster Posey's good friend. And, uh, and then he made a, a selfie in the clubhouse, Buster sitting on a couch watching another game on the TV and Pence right behind him taking the selfie saying, uh, with my good friend, Buster Posey before today's game. And so anyway, so they had fun with it and, uh, uh, and I realized that I got so in, into the, at that point when Pence hits the Grand Slam, you know, going into this adios pelota, that I kind of neglected the actual main part of the job, which is like, who hit it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that. So, uh, uh, so you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, whatever. The I grew up with Russ Hodges with tell it bye-bye baby and Lon Simmons tell it goodbye. And I would get goosebumps when I'd hear, you know, one of those. And uh, 
you know, Harry Carey had a, it might be, it yeah. could be, it is a home run and uh, so on and so forth. So, uh, uh, but in terms of a home run call, uh, occasionally if it, uh, if it's in my mind, then maybe I'll use it. But uh, I don't know how you could do any of that stuff if there's no crowd in the ballpark though. Well, we're uh, about to find out. We're going to see. Yeah. Uh, it's a 640 what? first pitch on Monday from Oakland, 645 Tuesday, another exhibition. And then opening night, 7.08 p.m. next Thursday for Dodger Stadium. Although we will only be virtually at Dodger Stadium. And always on Instagram at John Miller SF Giants. Yeah, yeah. help me out. Check my Instagram. Tell me, <laughs> say you like it. Follow me. Your call. You won't be sorry. Yeah. The wide world of sheltering in place sports, which was a roller hockey broom skateboard play by play thing. I don't even know what that was, but it's very funny. So people should watch just for that, if nothing else. Yeah. And we, and we had the, and, and the guys actually, you know, that game was played. Isaac and his younger brother, Ezra, uh, up near Lake Superior in Wisconsin. Well, they were on a family trip, isolating from everybody else at this house. And because they were all, all by themselves, then they played this, uh, they, they called it uh, bicycle skateboard polo. And uh, they sent me a video of it. So I, I edited it down and, and brought, and I did call it the uh, wide world of sheltering in place sports. And uh, it was great because at the very end, the, the, the young guy on the skateboard gets the winning goal in sudden death and and he goes, yeah. And, you know, his older brother, uh, Isaac, on his bicycle is like, ah. And I put it in slow motion. I said, uh, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, very clearly dis on display here. And uh, so anyway, we had fun with it. And oh, you know, we're, we've been looking for things to do. So uh, those were the early stages of this sheltering in place world. Well, good fun, and we've had great fun talking to you, and we will see you doing an actual game, a real game. Yeah. Yes! Thank God. I, Thank God. If you need, uh, tell Darren Chan he can run a, a cable uh, to uh, my house, and I will scream. I'll be the crowd if you need that. Uh, we, we, we all <laughs> <Yeah>. take turns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good one. Hey, that's, you know, Dave Fleming thought, how about let's get like uh, 20, 30 Giants fans on Zoom and put them up on the scoreboard and, you know, they could go, let's go Giants. Or uh, they did get a base hit, they all cheer. and We actually have real fans doing real cheering. That's a good but, idea. Uh, I, like I don't know that that's going to actually happen, but uh, well, I thought it was a good idea though. Yeah, uh, we'll see. It's it's uh, we got to get creative nowadays. John, thank you so much for your time. The Hall of Famer, John Miller. Adios and aloha. And that's all my goodbyes that I have. All right, shaka. That's right. <laughs> Take care, John. All right, guys. Thanks. With authority.